everybody. Welcome to the ANN After Show. I'm Lindsay Loveridge, Executive Editor of Anime News Network. And with me this week is James Beckett, our Attack on Titan reviewer. He's also reviewing a lot of other stuff for us. And we've also got Jackie Jing here. Hello, everybody. So hello, everybody. Glad that you guys have stuck it out and keep tuning in for the show. This week, um, we've got Attack on Titan. But we've also got some other things that we want to talk about. But before we get down to it, I'd like to remind everyone to please subscribe to this channel on YouTube. Hit that notification bell. Hit the subscribe button. We have new videos every Friday, as well as this show every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. If you're listening to the podcast version, we're on Stitcher, okay. Apple Podcasts. Um, we're also streaming on Facebook and Twitter Spaces. So there's a lot of you know places to engage with us and check things out. We're always happy to have you guys here. So let's get started with the Funimation Crunchyroll merger. Now this started going through a couple of last year or so, and we've just kind of been waiting to see how it would turn out. There's a lot of hypotheses about who was gonna, you know, which brand would end up being final because in the end, Sony bought Funimation, which in turn bought Crunchyroll. So technically they are both currently owned by Sony. Funimation's been in the business for a long, long time too. Like they go way back. They go yeah, as far back OGs. as like, <laughs> yeah. Like when Dragon Ball was on Toonami, that was Funimation. I mean, they go back further than that, but that was yeah. probably a lot of people's first exposure to them. Have they been around since like the mid or maybe late eighties? I, I know it's, it, it's definitely been decades. It is say, was it the 80s or the 90s that they got started? Was... Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be late 80s or early 90s. Maybe it's early 90s. 1994 yeah. is when they first got into many, business. Many, many moons ago when Lindsay and I were just young hatchlings. <laughs> just just <laughs> any babies. Any, any, any babies. James wasn't even born yet. Actually, I was born. I wasn't sure. I thought you'd be on the cusp. What were you like? No, what were you like? Two? I am 30 years old. So okay. you were two years old. You were a baby. You were dose. an infant. Yeah. Yes. And they it had that an logo that, you know, they've gone through a couple different logos. Most people, you know, if it you was knew, the blue, it was the star, right? Mm -hmm. It was like a red and white or blue it was star. A yellow star inside yeah. of a red circle. And then there was Funimation kind of written in a rectangle there. And then that yep. changed a little bit over time. Now they're on their, their purple iteration. It doesn't look anything like the one we grew up on. But I, Dragon Ball was really their, I feel like their big show. You know, oh, got everyone's yeah. attention. It was Dragon Ball yeah. Z. And then that getting on television. But they've been based in Texas, uh, producing their own dubs, releasing everything on the home video. They've kind of, they were one of the few companies that held out during the bubble pop. So that's mm -hmm. when we saw like ADV go down and we saw Bandai Visual, just as far as like licensing in, in the United States. I said ADV, Bandai Visual. Um, Gonzo? Was it? Gon no, no, no. Well, Gonzo was a studio, not yeah, a no. anime I'm, I'm, trying, I'm just thinking of all the logos that used to crop up. Yes. <laughs> all the DVDs I'd check out from the library. Right. Urban Vision. Does anyone yeah. remember Urban Vision? <laughs> they released a Vampire Hunter D. That's why I remember them. So, I'm surprised y'all even remember this. I'm surprised I remember Funimation. I was just like, is Sailor Moon on yet? And what <laughs> was that? That was like Deke. That was Deke. Yeah. Same people who is did Inspector Gadget. Is that even around? I would have to look that up. They're based out of Canada. And, Honestly, uh, I read like some weird article from a long time ago, and it was like about how it was just about how Deke wanted to cover up everything with Sailor Moon. Obviously, there was like homosexual relationships, and then they right. never actually dubbed the last season where it was with the Sailor Stars, you know, and the right. guys that turned to girls. 
Yes. So yeah, I don't know. Deke also didn't dub S and Super S. That was a different company. That was Cloverway when hmm. Pioneer had the rights and Pioneer had become Geneon and they also... Geneon, uh, that's what I was thinking Gineon, of. Yeah, that. once oh, the bubble popped. Gineon. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> that's, Gungrave is by Genon, or I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Is that right? Gungrave, yeah. <laughs> Best anime of all time, everybody. That's all I'm going to say. We'll end it on thing. that. So <laughs> Funimation, Funimation survived that. I'm just going to, I'm not acknowledging it. I know, it's like, Lindsay's like, we're not. No, we're not going there. Thank you. So yeah, Funimation survived that. Um, they So they've been like a consistent part of the fandom for all this time. I don't know how I personally feel. I'd like to hear how you guys feel about it. The Funimation brand is being phased out in favor of the Crunchyroll brand. And that includes domestic home video. So eventually when those home video releases come out, it's not going to say Funimation on them anymore. It's going to have an orange stripe on top now. Mm, so yeah. here's my question. And I don't like, again, I know very little about any of this stuff. So like, Sony bought Funimation and I'm just assuming like, oh, Funimation's here to stay. Like Sony's huge. Right. And then Sony yeah. buys Crunchyroll. Mm. And so I'm assuming. Or Funimation buys Crunchyroll. Well, fun okay. So Funimation buys Crunchyroll. Technically Sony. Like that's how I always yeah, yeah, thought. Yeah. And yeah. so I assumed right away Crunchyroll would go into Funimation. Like that was what I thought. Yeah. So then when I found out about the reverse, I was like, oh. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I don't know if it really matters one way or another, but I guess I was just shocked because, like, you know, Crunchyroll came out, what, I had to be, like, in my early 20s, like, 23 or something. So it was a, almost 10 years ago now. Yeah, shit, it was really, 10 years ago. God, I'm yeah, old as it shit. It's over 10 years ago. because Thanks, I, I, Lindsay. I, Thanks for rubbing that in. I, I remember a little bit when they <laughs> when they went legit where I was at when that happened. And that was yeah. my son, my son, who is now 12, was maybe, like one so yeah yeah but yeah so i guess i'm just like why did it work out that way my my uh, assumption was basically just that they have the streaming recognition like if you know for the for the vast majority of audiences they're probably going to associate funimation with home video and crunchy with streaming and since right. as loath as i am to admit it home video is kind of dying as as far as you it's know dead, cultural man. relevancy is I think that they just they wanted to make sure that their their streaming brand was as recognizable as possible. Let's that be honest, sense. Funimation streaming is annoying. Like I would be streaming anime on there all the time, and I'd be like, "Can they get this together? Like, <laughs> what's happening with their their app?" Or even when I was watching it on the internet, like you know what I mean? Like it, it just I felt like I was always running into problems, and I rarely felt like that with Crunchyroll. I didn't think Crunchyrolls was great, but I was kind of like, oh, well, that's good because now I don't have to deal with like Funimation's like hiccups all the time, you know? Is there so? Personally, I've had mixed situations with both players. I watch a lot yeah. of my anime through the Xbox One app because mm -hmm. sitting at my computer all day dealing with anime for work so when i want to actually like enjoy something i want to watch it on my tv and like lay on the couch that being yeah. seated at my desk so that's what i use for that and i've had problems with both their apps they're not great Xbox one yeah like Crunchyroll. yeah, yeah the Crunchyroll's new console app is it's buggy yeah yeah i've had issues yeah. with like the audio on the ps5 app will just randomly turn to a screeching banshee shriek oh and that's horrible a, yeah oh, just that's like in the middle terrible. of the episode I've yeah. never had that <laughs> imagine yeah. like it's really late at night and uh, you're stoned or something and that happens i would just that, like what? freak you out you might run out a window and i might just yeah yeah, yeah that. alex in the chat said that they heard that the funimation crunchyroll merger means no more anime getting updated with the blu-ray version since funi does that but not crunchy that's not confirmed yet 
So I know that is a concern that people have. Funimation would have the television streaming version on their site. And then later, once the Blu-rays came out, they would actually update the video for the Blu-ray version, which would mean that if you watched it on there, you know, there might be improved animation because those sorts of things kind of get fixed for home video sometimes. Crunchyroll hasn't really been known to do that. So there is some concern about whether that practice will be maintained. Right now, we don't know. I don't think you can make an assumption that, you know, because it's going to Crunchyroll, everything Crunchyroll does will stay and everything that Funimation did won't because there is you know, a merger of some staff there. And we don't really know how that's going to pan out yet as far as like practices for their app. Um, So I would just kind of keep an eye out for it and see uh, if we get more information about that. But I wouldn't say for sure that no, we won't get those updates anymore. I remember back in the the long, long ago times of Anime Strike, back when that service premiered on Amazon. And um, there were a a couple of other, High Dive also was, was kind of jumping into the ring around that time. And there are all high these dive still exists also it for does. the record. Like, they're still high dive. They got bought out by AMC though, which is weird. Very but continue. super weird. But that, that's when they were all kind of starting to to pop out and kind of compete with with Crunchyroll and Funimation, which had kind of historically been the big two when it comes to streaming. And I mean, really, Funimation, I feel like only in the last few years started really grabbing all of the streaming licenses. It used to be that Crunchyroll got most of them. Right. And now it's the other way around. But I remember back when Anime Strike was first coming out. There are a a lot of people kind of pontificating on social media about how, you know, normally uh, we consider monopolies to be a bad thing. But uh, here's why specifically for anime streaming, it's actually good that it's mostly Crunchyroll and nobody else. And there are arguments to that effect and whatever. And it's funny now, you know, that the wheels come around again in 2022. I find myself seeing kind of a lot of this similar arguments being thrown around, but almost like in the reverse where, I mean, yes, monopolies are bad. Like that's just objectively true. There's there's not really any arguing against that, and that's like where where part of me is sitting, where it's like I don't want just Sony to be in control of all of the popular streaming anime in North America for the most part, except for whatever High Dive can grab. But at the same time, it was it was getting to the point where, and this is how I feel about a lot of the modern streaming services with Paramount and HBO and Peacock. Yeah. 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 Wait, no, that's Paramount. I can't. I can't even keep track of which Paramount ones. Paramount Plus and Peacock are separate. Yeah. One's okay. Paramount, one's NBC. Yeah. But it's it's getting to the point where keeping track of all the different streaming services and paying all the different subscription fees feels just like a crappier version of cable. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. having one less subscription fee to pay, there's like a sad sort of resigned consumer dystopia part of me that's like, eh. like, yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I get it's, that. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree that, you know, monopolies really aren't great. They usually aren't good for the consumer. I, initially, I can see a lot of people thinking this is good because, yeah, they don't have to pay for a Funimation account and a Crunchyroll account. Also, Verve is getting rolled in there if anyone had a Verve account. Oh, um, really? Verve was uh, Ruby, which is a very poorly animated show, but very <laughs> thrilling characters, if I do say so myself. I didn't mean to interject that, but yeah. Oh, I love that. Be careful. The that. Ruby stands are going to come for us. Yeah, I know. Dude, I love the girl with the cat ears. We literally look the same. She's got, mm. like, dark big hair and, like, okay, anyway. Yeah. Uh, why? Don't let me get sidetracked. Just continue. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, Verb is getting rolled in. You can probably expect, I think there's one other that's going to be rolled in there as well. I was going to say Wacomin, but I'm not sure that's like a, a German streaming site. I think you're right. Yeah. Think, uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And Funimation had already rolled like Anime Lab, which was Australian into their service when they bought out some of the other ones and Crunchyroll 
bought out um, Viz Europe actually just last year. So yeah, we're seeing like a, just a huge, it all coming together and sort of this just one giant thing. There is still High Dive and they do get things. And I don't know if their AMC backing will get them to be more competitive. High Dive has Takagi-san this season and that show rules. So yeah. Jackie, you should watch that show. It's a cute romance. It's just a cute thing to like watch on the. Don't you you get me on another romance, (laughs) soft, slice of lifey type of show? I so adorable. Before Lindsay and I started working together, I wouldn't touch that stuff with a ten foot pole. I wouldn't go near it. And now I, I know. And now I'm just finding myself watching all these things. By the way, quick side note: ranking of kings. The ending of that was literally one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. The most recent episode? Yeah. With yeah. him sh- doing that to okay. the love of my life. I've been meaning like, to talk to you literally about Literally my fa- one of my favorite characters of all time and then shoving him into there. And I and was Just like, putting the boulders on top so he couldn't hear him screaming inside. And his screaming sound, because you know his voice is like, so I was literally like, I felt sick to my stomach. I and then too. Oh no, did they pull a Giles boy, Corey on him? What's that? You got tried as a witch during the Salem witch trials. They they put rocks on him until he, his chest got crushed. Oh, so what Bose did is, you know how he can make diamonds with his hands? Oh, yeah. What he did was he, like, pulverized Oaken until he was mostly liquid. Spoilers okay. for Ranking of Kings. Yeah. And then put him into his hands and, like, crushed him like he was, like, a paper ball. You know, like oh, you would no. do with a paper. Yeah. And then he had pulled out this giant rock out of the ground and punched a hole in it. And then he took paper ball so many steps to this took paper ball oaken and put him inside of this giant rock and then put and then oaken is screaming the whole time because his body he's immortal and his body's always trying to like come back into its regular shape but he physically can't so it's constantly and he just takes pebbles and then just like puts them over the hole so you can't hear scream that man is evil like literally evil imagine being pulverized put into a ball and then put into a giant rock so you can never actually form and then just being covered up and literally so oaken has like the most excruciating voice like because it sounds like his like got slid or something yeah Yeah. so it's like it sounds like like some weird combination between a cough and a gag i don't know how else to describe it it's just like this awful sound (laughs) yeah yeah. and he's he's screaming but like that like it's like it Sounds was like so the, bad. the weird head so brother disturbing. from uh, Malignant. Yeah. <laughs> Is that his voice? Yeah. And then it was, and I mean, like, don't get us like wrong here. Oaken is a awful, you know, but first of all, there's a lot of things that you can debate with Oaken. Nicest, nicest human being, best of the three brothers, one of the most upstanding human beings. But then he's, I mean, James, you already know this, turned immortal. And obviously, like, that's got to fuck with you in ways that we don't know. But it's like, I guess it doesn't matter to me. It's like he's still like a human to do that and not give a flying fuck about it was like very difficult to watch. And then Boji, best boy, I love was like, I was like, Boji, you're going (laughs) to save Oaken now. But I don't know if he will because it was so funny because I was like, ooh, Oaken and Boss, this is going to be a good fight. And then he just crushed Boss (laughs) or or reverse. He just, Boss just crushed Oaken. And I was like, and then just di- disfigured him and did all that stuff. And I was just like, it was very hard to watch. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We were talking about Funimation Crunchyroll. <laughs> and I just was like, we have to talk about that briefly. That's, that's um, I guess in this metaphor, is, is Funimation Oaken? 
that just got like smushed up and like shoved aside so that the crunchy roll king can I'm just screaming and agony its in a former throne. Is that this got dark? This got that dark. got really dark. Yeah. What? I don't even know what to You're say. You're the ones that brought up ranking of kings. I'm just... I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have it. I didn't have anything to do with any. All I can <laughs> I say no is that I was a little worried about ranking of kings, and then it came back with that episode, and I was like, "Holy shit, we're back at it!" And I hope someone saves Oaken because that'll just crush me. Jackie's been thinking about this do, since Thursday. I have been. I have not, been. Not, not as bad as a crushed Oaken. Okay, so let me tell you, like, Lindsay and I work together, but we're also, like, very much friends. So, like, sometimes I, like, want to message her, and then I'm like, okay, like, you know what? I got to let her take a time out because she works, like, really hard in long hours. So I'm like, don't bother her with your crush on Oaken right now. <laughs> so, like, sometimes I'm like, okay, got to wait till Monday to talk to her about this. But I'm literally, like, chomping at the bit. I'm like, Oaken, Oaken. Anyways. Jackie's okay, just so on Tumblr saving all the fan art and just putting it in yeah. Like share in yeah. mm-hmm. mass. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. By the way, my love for him has gone so far that like my fans and followers have made art of Oaken and I together. I've seen it. Yeah. Anyway, it's- moving on. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of um, speaking of crushes, I want to talk about Megumi Ogata, who I've had a crush Aww. on for a very long time. Yeah. Wonderful voice actor. Megumi Ogata, you might, if you're an old time fan, you'll know her as Taylor Uranus. Uh, she's the voice of Shinji from Evangelion. Uh, newer fans might know her as the voice of Hanako-kun from yep. Toilet Found Hanako-kun. And recently she's in the blockbuster film uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero as the main character Yuta. So she's had a, a long story here. Yuta too? Yes. Yeah. Jeez, she's amazing anyway, but continue. Yeah. yeah, she's had a long storied career and she was recently honored at the uh, 16th Annual Seiyu Awards this year. She won Best Actress for that. But she gave a really interesting speech about the awards themselves. She even said that she considered not accepting the award at first because she doesn't actually consider herself or think of herself as an actress. She pointed out that a lot of the roles that she's played are boys, which is true. You know, like I said, she's played Shinji and Hanako-kun and she's got like gravelly tone for like younger boy characters. Like in Hanako-kun, you know, she kind of sounds like a, I guess what you would call like a heel, like someone who's good at being kind of a bad guy, like a dangerous type. Shinji, you know, she puts a lot of empathy into that role to really show his his weakness. And you kind of get that from her portrayal of Yuta as well. But she- put the stank on it, as the kids would say. (laughs) So the kids say. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what they say. You would know. We don't know what the kids say. So, James, you're our connection to that. But she, uh, so yeah, she gave this really great speech where she talked about how she doesn't really think of herself as an actress or she doesn't really think of herself even as a woman necessarily. Her gender is something that she doesn't put a lot of thought into. And she even proposed that the awards think about just giving away, you know, two awards next time, but don't attach gender to them at all. And I thought that was a really, yeah, I thought that was a really great, like you have this iconic person kind of going up there and uh, talking about like queer identity or just not assigning yourself to particular gender roles. And there's a translation of her speech that's currently on Twitter and Ogata even retweeted it. So I think she's, I think she's read it, but um, it really touched a lot of people, special, you know, especially people who don't assign themselves to a particular gender or maybe identify as non-binary. She didn't put a label on herself or, you know, say that she prefers like they, them pronouns or anything like that during her speech. But it did just sort of like highlight that, you know, these iconic people are are thinking about this. We just had Hikaru Utada 
come out as non-binary last year, which was just like amazing. It was one of our most read articles on ANN. So I thought, you know, we could talk about maybe like, what were your favorite Megumi Ogata roles that really stuck with you guys? We're all kind of from the same generation. So we might say the same thing, but she voiced Haruka slash Sailor Uranus, which was like a huge pressure of mine as a teen. Like, please like take me for a ride in your car. And we want a date to the aquarium. God, I know we all love we all love your Uraka. Yeah. Or not your Uraka. Sorry, Her- Haruka. Uranus. Sorry, Haruka. I was thinking yeah. of My Hero Academia for some reason. Gosh, okay, I'm like looking. I'm looking up her whole thing because someone said Yu Yu Hakusho, which I was like, really? Yeah, she's Kurama and Yu Yu Hakusho. Okay, I had. Is Kurama the one with the red hair? Yes. I had the biggest crush on Kurama. If that is the truth. Yeah, Kurama. There's no Maybe way. Naruto Kurama. No, no, no. Movie. Kurama's the one with the black hair, and he's like all moody, right? No, it's the red hair one with it, the it's rose. Red haired with the yeah. the the, the pompadour. Tokyo Revengers haircut. Yeah. It's not it's not okay, a well, He has long red hair. It's very yeah. I loved him. You know, hair. he was that fiery. Fi- you know what? Oh, I'm um, thinking of the other guy. Yeah. Her voice fits him perfectly. That like mm-hmm. gravelly, like that. That makes a hundred percent sense. Um, yeah, that might be my pick. Shit. Yeah. I'm trying to see any any recent ones. I mean, obviously Shinji. I mean, like, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, especially for like us three. I did the three of us do the Evangelion yes. end of Evangelion. Yeah, we yes. did. Yeah, I was gonna say like that has just had like such a profound impact on so many people. I can't even start. You know what I mean? Like, I I would have to say of all all the roles of her, I would say Shinji. But then my crush or like my like low-key favorite would probably be Kurama then for sure. Though this yeah. is nuts. Like they have a really intense career history here. Yeah. So. If, if you played uh, Danganronpa or I'm not sure if he appeared in the anime version, she also voices uh, Nagito, who I don't know, in the Discord so. I'm in. Yeah, in, in, the, in the anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like the white hair. He's, yeah. I think, the main sort of antagonist for number i've played all they the games also, for two. Also, uh two for okay. Makoto, and the and the protagonist of one protagonist yeah the, i was gonna say oh, I, okay dude duncan rompa that is a good anime it's just like when the guy gets melted into butter that was like <laughs> literally chilled me to my core yeah. but it's like so cheesy right and yes. ridiculous like they're like now you're gonna die haha <laughs> and it's like this weird like teddy bear and then it's like literally electrocutes him into fucking butter and then just like drops the butter and i was like what the fuck am i watching right and now that was like all right time to go pink, to bed yeah. new candy pink blood everywhere just, yeah. yeah i mean junko inashima to me is like one of the greatest characters of all time she's just like and uh, i actually really loved the english uh voice acting for her because she's like very valley girl you know like mm-hmm. oh my god like Kind of Heather, people from compared me to her, but yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, even though Ava is like my show from my from you know, it's what made me into the, the nerd I am today. I'm yeah. such a I'm I'm used to the dub of that one. I didn't grow up with the sub, and so as far as Ogata's performances, what I'm probably the most familiar with, and probably what would come to mind first is Hanako. My wife is oh, a yeah. huge Hanako kun fan, and so I've I've we've watched the show and yeah and that performance direction it looks really good and she's great in that role too yeah Megumi Ogata if you haven't watched anything she's in you know just pick one because there's a there's a ton of great stuff 
So we've heard all about health plans and food plans, diets, blah, 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 blah. But New Weight wants to give you knowledge and skills so you don't fall off the wagon later. More sustainable long-term habits and behaviors. They have a psychology approach so you better understand your relationship with food. Like... I used to be obsessed with finishing my plate because my mom told me to. So sign up for your trial and get psychology-based support and motivation to reach your goals at noom.com slash believe. That's noom.com slash believe to sign up for your trial. All right. I think the last thing we're going to talk about before we get into today's big Attack on Titan episode, which was lower on the action, higher on the hammering out feelings. Just real quick, Robert Pattinson as the Batman. Are James we going go. are we going to do this? Wait, are we going to do this? this All right. Quick. I sat there for 3 hours. I need to talk to someone about All right. Lindsay, you movie. go first thing cuz I feel like you're always like like Okay. James and I just talk and then you're like I got to go cuz we they talk too long. So I want to hear Lindsay first. <laughs> okay. 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 No well, offense, James. All right. So I talk too long, not James. Sorry. <laughs> so me and Batman go way back. Like, you know, I was obsessed with the original Tim Burton movies as a kid. Wore out those VHSs. The animated series. The animated series. Kevin Conroy. Yeah, my um, my little brother had like the biggest collection of Batman toys on the planet. My parents were sure they were going to be worth money. I have a picture that I've shared of myself on Twitter wearing a Batman costume that was my brother's, but I stole it because Batman rules. So. Anyway, I've seen all the movies except for like the Affleck films. Don't at me, okay? Like I just know that that casting came out and like not not in. Thank you. You're gonna piss off so many people because whenever I say "ew," Ben Affleck is Batman, people are up my ass about it, and I was like, "Don't see it." Unpopular opinion, hot take. I love Val Kilmer as Batman and Bruce uh, Wayne, but I'll just same? shut up there. Okay, Thank you. Maybe so, that's because like, we're the same age. I don't maybe. Know. Like I want. I mean, I really appreciated, you know, Tim Burton's movies. I also had the video game as a kid for the Super Nintendo, and like played the crap out of that. And people give the Joel Schumacher ones crap, but they don't understand camp. That's just like if you so don't like good. the Poison Ivy and uh, uh, oh my god, what's the they name put of the nipples ice on the bat suit, and it was a good idea. Oh my God, none of these comments represent uh, me. I just want to make that. Oh my God, leave (laughs) immediately. Though I will say, I will say one of the best villains is Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Like she's just, she is iconic as fuck. When she put her stuffed animals in the garbage disposal as a kid, it like hurt me personally because I like was, I had a lot of stuffed animals and, you know, like I emoted onto them and they were like my friends. So when she did that, I was like, no. Like it was, it was shocking. I think to Lindsay, it's like because like Selena Kyle's nerdy in that one, right? Like, yeah, so she's like, and like I think the secretary like, Christopher Walken pushes her out a goddamn window. Yes, and Lindsay and I we're nerdy girls, but we we also have this like hot dark side. So I think like Michelle Pfeiffer's always been like we're like wait let me let me put my hair down. She's every I know she's, <laughs> she's like let me just yeah. da, da. but it's like there is something about Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman that's like yeah. it's oh, just, an awakening when you're a nerdy when you're a nerdy girl and you're just like okay like this is how we want to be we want to have like yeah. that nerdy smart side Catwoman like literally a bunch of cats at our play yeah. side but then we also want to be like okay we got it still too yeah. and, and also we're I a little kill nuts. you maybe you know yeah. You know. I yeah. love Lindsay put her hair down. Yes. But anyway, so Robert Pattinson is Batman, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I thought he did a pretty, he was all right. I, I thought it was great. Just, I loved it. Really? I, really? Yeah. Um, 
I thought, okay, so let's start with that. Let's yeah. everyone on Robert Pattinson first. So Lindsay and then James, and then I'm gonna go last. So James here. liked it. I said he was okay. He was definitely, you know, kind of going for Kurt Cobain as Batman. Jackie, what did you think of Robert Pattinson as Batman? So I thought um he was one note. He was mm-hmm. just depressed boy the whole time. And mm-hmm. I wanted to see like a little bit more, but I also felt like Christian Bale was kind of one note too. Christian Bale was like frat boy, Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was it too. So, yeah. and let's be honest, like Bruce Wayne's kind of like the brooding type who doesn't have a lot of personality. So I just felt like Robert Pattinson went like way too hard. Like it was like, okay, have like a little bit of emotion in some other way, you know? It was hard because he, he also, like, didn't get along with Alfred. I think that's usually where we get some of the lighter side of Bruce Wayne when he's yeah. interacting with Alfred at home and they kind of have, like, a good rapport. But that was an intentional direction in this movie that, like, his relationship with Alfred was strained, too. So it's just, Let's like, talk about that, too. I did Alfred? not like that. <laughs> no, I did not can... like that they... Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, James. Oh, I just said, before we do, can I say that one of the things I liked about Robert Pattinson's Batman yeah. is mm-hmm. that um, my wife and I were talking about this one we left the theater is that immediate reactions i felt like he was actually the most i thought he was the most expressive of the batman i thought his non-verbal acting was really really good that's true you know Um, what james i will give you that especially when like when he thought alfred was about to die and he's like spoilers driving the car really fast and you can see like how upset he is that was good that was good well and the thing that got the thing that got me was there were so many scenes where it was so obvious that his his whole like brooding silent kind of grim demeanor is really just him being incredibly awkward and shy like it's him like not knowing how to talk to people or what to say or mm-hmm. how to relate to people on like a human level and so i i thought his relationship with gordon was really endearing because that's true yeah gordon's like the only one he talks to like just as like a like a peer he yeah almost i was makes very a joke. disappointed by gordon really? like i feel like he has been just got a little like extra like he's a nerd and he follows the law and he's a good boy like that's gordon always right and that was a hundred percent what we saw i forgot the name of the character and he's freaking iconic um i forgot the name of the actor but i just felt like he was like one note and didn't really do okay this is what i'm gonna say i felt like a lot of the characters were like one note and i could not find an emotional connection with him and i don't know if it was because there was just too much going on the in my opinion the only person who knocked it out of the park fucking nailed on every little just nailed it was the riddler like the riddler was absolutely frightening on screen i had no idea like to me there are only two times I've seen a villain on screen and I was literally scared. It's like, you know, we watch and we see all these villains and we're like, oh, but it's fake, right? When I saw Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men, I literally was scared shitless when I thought he was going to kill that old man with the flipping of the coin. And I like was scared to my core. And with Heath Ledger as Joker, I remember, I think he was talking to the it's sister about oh. cutting his face and he was like making up another story. And I was just like... and the whole room is watching him and i was like damn like those are two really good performances this riddler like every time he was on screen like which really wasn't that often but i was like oh my god like what happened to you like what who hurt you you know what i mean like it was like it was a really good performance i would say for me it's the third out of those three times but it's still it was like surprising to me how much he scared me oh no i i agree i thought um i thought paul downer did a great job i think 
Um, I really loved without without going into, into too many spoilers or anything. I loved the layers of the character that that you sort of uncover, especially once he finally gets to have like his his face to face confrontation with Batman. And I oh think uh, I think Paul Dano. He's like Bruce so... Wayne, yeah. Bruce Wayne, and actually that was really good acting on Robert Pattinson's part because you could see in his eyes like everything dying, like he was like he knows, you know, like I could see, I could feel yeah. that in Robert Pattinson, and then he was like, he's the one we didn't get, and I was like, the fuck, y'all freaking me the fuck out here. Sorry, yeah. continue, James. I really connected to the movie on an emotional level. I think with the Riddler and with Catwoman and. Um, like you said, I thought that Colin Farrell's relatively minor role as Penguin was God, just was a him. scene stealer. Every scene he it was in, it wasn't even stolen. him. Yeah, yeah. And well, I showed my wife a picture of Colin yeah. Farrell after, and she was like, "That was the Penguin." I'm like, "Yeah, he's yeah. stupefyingly hot <laughs> in real life." But... Stupefyingly hot, and not and him as the Penguin was stupefyingly like not like that was wild. Those prosthetics yeah. were amazing. But sorry, okay, Lindsay, wrap it up. Okay. Last thing I want to say is that I thought Zoe Kravitz was really good, actually. Like, I thought See, she I was did a- divided on her. Like, there were times where I, this is what I think the problem was. I think that, again, too many characters and she wasn't given her time to shine. And then also, like, Michelle Pfeiffer. It's like, how are you going to yeah. ever live up to that that level of, of crazy awesomeness? Um, Halle Berry too, I right? Felt, That's also <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Berry. But I, I felt like the romance rude. between them. The, I know, rude. I felt like the romance between them was really forced, and it never felt organic to me. It was kind of weird. It was, it was right. Weird. Like it was like, do you really like her? Does she really like you? Does this he really like anyone? I don't know. Does he? Yeah, yeah that's true he was, too. He was yeah. She had yeah. very, very good iconic, awesome moments. But then, so I was just like, I kind of want to see more from her, and I just didn't feel like connected to her i think zoe kravitz is an amazing actress like i love all the stuff she's in i just felt like they didn't write her well enough or in depth enough you know like i wanted to see more so all right guys we'll be right back with attack on titan talk there's going to be a lot of trees i think in this discussion and maybe some twigs and stuff so stick around and we will be right back now for a quick word from our sponsors Quest, thirsty skin and leave it feeling satin smooth with Wang Melrose Place Body Cream. It's fast absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most. Hydration that lasts, preventing dryness. And it's high quality, nourishing ingredients like squalene, coconut oil, kupuasu butter, and coconut oil. And turn your shower into an escape with the gentle skin softening Way Melrose Place Body Cleanser. It balances your skin without stripping it or leaving unwanted residue, gently cleanses and nourishes at the same time with a luxurious lather. There's skin softening oils in a hydrating blend and also high quality nourishing ingredients like jojoba seed oil and rose hip oil oil. All right. To experience the new way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser, your body, your way, go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use the code B-L-E-A-V, Believe to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at theway.com code Believe. So go over there now. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Check out betterhelp.com slash the after show. Many of us struggle with depression, anxiety, grief, 
just a slew of different issues, but there is help out there. And BetterHelp, it's a licensed professional therapist. This isn't a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash the after show. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash the after show. And welcome back. It's time to talk about Attack on Titan. This week's episode mainly took place around a campfire and had people pointing fingers at one another to remind them all of how much they suck. That's kind that's of a it. long end. That's, we did that's, it. That's, that's it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Let's talk about Batman more. No I'm kidding. <laughs> so I think, though, despite, you know, we'll get into the production of the episode here in a minute, but I think this was kind of a long time coming, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Like, if these folks are going to work together to defeat Aaron from committing mass genocide, they might need to, you know, kind of level with each other about the individual murder slash wartime killing slash betrayals that they've done to one another over time. Everyone in this group has done something. We kind of talked about it last week. We made a joke, you know, about... How many people Armin's killed? Versus... I literally thought we brought this into being, Lindsay. <laughs> we literally talked about how everybody is awful. And then I was like, oh, shit. Like, they heard us. Their ears are burning. And they literally just made an episode about everything that we we said. And then Levi yeah, yelled at had them. to happen. Like, if the yeah. story was going to make any sense going forward, it's one of those things where we either make this unbelievable kind of cheap, cheesy team up where they're all working together, or we actually have them sit down and and reckon with the fact that they're all just war criminals and murderers and this is not right. good. Except for Falco, right. he's fine. He hasn't really done, he hasn't done too much. I mean, I guess Falco he, ate he his fought in the war too. He burned his brother. He burned his brother to death. His brother was even, Chris. That was against his will. He got, he got screamed or, or I know, but it's rumbled. just like Rumble, nobody, yeah. nobody has been spared. Like, it's like everyone's done something like, I mean, I guess you're right. That wasn't completely right. intentional. He just kind of, you know, we'll blame Zeke for that one. Okay, Falco. Yeah, I mean, it was just yeah. brother. <laughs> was the one who had the great idea to try to ask Zeke nicely to not turn everyone into Titans. Please not so. do that. Please, please don't do that. Please. And then it happened anyway. I but absolutely I hate like, Zeke. The main, the main person though for this episode is probably Jean, though, right? Like we open the episode and he's thinking about taking the easy way out. He's like, if I just ignore Mikasa, if I don't go out there. I just stay here. They're going to give me some cushy job. I can get a, an apartment in a place that looks kind of like Paris. Enjoy good food. Just, you know, don't think about the fact that everyone else is going to die out there. And, you know, but he has a conscience. So, of course, he goes out He's there. He's grown. And he is a different he man. Grown. Yes. He was. Yeah. I feel yeah. bad. because uh, I feel like We're going to say Gene is grown because he had the most like childish reaction and like literally started beating the shit out of Reiner. Don't get me wrong. I'm a very immature person too. So I probably would have done the same thing, but it's also like, that was over Marco though. Wasn't it? That's what. Yeah. Yeah. Marco got his face bit in half. Right. Right. And, and Reiner basically admitted that he set him up to be eaten. So on the off chance that he had overheard a conversation and then could out Reiner as a, traitor so they stole his odm gear and basically left him to be eaten i guess that must have been the tipping point for gene where he's like god you cowardly son of a bitch and just started beating the crap out of him he was fine he healed himself afterwards like he's got tight he powers. Heal he's fine well and he's let's fine. be real 
Reiner was getting a little, he was, he was uh, being a little bit of a gloomy gust this week, kind of wallowing in that. I, Cause I think what, what really set Janoff is that not only did Reiner admit to completely, you know, just murdering Marco um, and, and also not even hearing him out, like before even having the chance to like explain or whatever, just killing him. But then he starts like, going on about like how awful he felt and how, how much it hurt him and how, how painful it was for him to see Marco die. And Cause he that killed was the Titan that killed Marco afterwards. right? Yeah. And, it, and it's yeah. just like, now Jackie, I know you love Reiner. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to talk dirty about your boy, but my, this my is an episode where boyfriend, you know, Oaken's first, but yeah. Anyways, continue. <laughs> I, I, I understood why he was maybe like, just please shut up. Like stop talking. <laughs> what? What? I don't how did that why did, why is Mark Wahlberg from what I tree. think is the M. Night Shyamalan movie? What's this movie called? James The Happening. The happening? Yeah, why, why, why is Mark Wahlberg from The Happening in your screenshot folder, James? Because he's he's talking to a tree. <laughs> so anyway, there yes, maybe maybe we'll segue a little bit into that. There was an extended sequence that just was showing tree branches this episode. Now, I saw people in the comments saying that, you know, they think this is indicative of production issues. And we have noticed some production issues going forward in these episodes, which, you know, so that might be a fair assumption. But I'd also read that they got a pretty prominent episode director to come in on this for this particular episode. So I don't know if that was supposed to be artistic or well, they're, so they're I kept expecting shots. like a branch. Yeah, I kept expecting like a branch to break to like symbolize something, or like yeah. a sprout to be showing, or something to symbolize. But it was just just trees, poorly lit just... trees, <laughs> poorly lit trees. And, and I think that was my issue is that like I, I think even even in our review, I said that I am all for pillow shots. You know, that's it's a very you know a Japanese cinema loves the the kind of cutaways to shots of nature or other objects in the scene that can kind of evoke an emotion or, or kind of put a, a punctuation mark on a, a dialogue exchange or what have you. The deer when stare it's, is usually a pretty prominent yeah. one I've seen in anime where they'll like show, like if there's a shot, to, there's a conversation taking place in a traditional Japanese house and then there'll be a shot like looking out into like a courtyard or something and there'll be a deer scare and something dramatic just happened and it'll go yeah. donk or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was so boring to me. I'm just gonna be honest. I was just like, okay, yeah, we get it. Like you've all done shitty things. Now can we go get and kill Aaron or whatever the hell you guys want to do? I don't know. I was just like, we know all the bad things y'all have done. Like, haven't we? Like, I don't know. This, this actually in particular. Don't forgive me. I'm truly worthless. And then I think Lost Thief said something like, Gene is ripping up. Uh, his invitation to Reiner's pity party. And like, that's how I like felt the whole time. I was like, y'all are like just sitting here feeling bad for yourselves. Like go get some shit done. You know, like y'all have fucked up every single person. Like at that campfire is like fucked up or done something super evil. So it's like, let's save humanity at this point. Like let's get it together and stop crying around a fireplace. I don't know. That was Loki. I felt. Yeah. I I liked it from a writing standpoint. Um, I agree. I agree with you, Jackie. That it, it was me. It was belaboring a point that it, I think we've all picked up on very well by now. Like this season has been really hammering home that aspect of the story that these characters are all traumatized. They're all, you know, kind of either willing or unwilling 
uh, cogs in a machine that is bigger than them and destructive and bad. But I, I, I think I liked it, I think purely, at least from like a character angle, I thought it did a good job of, of kind of highlighting the, the different character arcs that we got to see. Um, we see Hanji really stepping up and, and taking ownership of their responsibility to, to stop Aaron. And she, uh, Hanji says the magic words, genocide is wrong. So that's good. <laughs> Appreciated that. Yeah, um, thanks Gabby for being has, clear on that. Yeah. Glad that we clarified that yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Some people apparently need the clarification. Dude, but, how uh, in the hell did any of these people think that euthanizing people, killing a bunch of people, like how did anybody think that this was okay? I mean, well, I love your case. I'm not was... gonna sit here. Yeah, well, and Yelena. I was like, Yelena made up her whole fucking bag. Yeah, let's I'm get like, to Yelena. Fuck. You Just... sick fuck. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I I'm sorry, I've cussed so I've said the effort way beyond our yeah. limit for this one. Yeah. But it's just like that just annoyed the shit out of me because I was just like, ugh. first of all, we never understood why she was so like faithfully loyal to Zeke. And I'll be honest, I'm even more confused, but I guess it was because like she wanted to ride on his coattails so she could be admired and him taking down everything and like yes. looking like a martyr in some way. And, and yes. that's like absolutely, it's literally making me sick to my stomach. I already did not like her. And now I'm just like, how can you redeem yourself in any way? How? You're trash. Oh, I don't think she can. I don't think she, I, I don't think, I mean, there's no, you know, it would be completely out of character for her too, because she's a complete, you know, I mean, it's fascism 101, right? And she has no, it's not even, it's beyond fascism. Like she has no beliefs. She has no opportunities. Yeah. She doesn't stand for anything. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know why they keep yelling around, stop dragging her with you. That's my thoughts. A hundred. Yeah, I'm of, like, she's why just, is she she's here? Flock with a worse haircut is what is where we're at right now. Is she's just bad haircut flock, and so really they can both haircut. get like tied up and fed to Aaron, but maybe before they. By the way, can we break down what happened at the end with Flock? Like, what was going down? Yeah, but before we get to the okay, very yeah. end, I did want to say something about. Okay, so unpopular opinion, I find Yelena like really interesting as a character study, just because yeah. she's essentially a con artist. She's a con artist in that her entire gimmick is just was to like get into a position of power and get people to like believe that she had this sad backstory. She's basically like co-opting Oyan Capone's backstory for herself to get sympathy so people would mm -hmm. trust her as this like refugee. And so she's doing all this and she becomes obsessed with Zeke almost like he's this sort of like knight in shining armor. And she's going to rule over this new world with him after he makes it so the Eldians can't procreate anymore and yeah I think she just wanted to be his right hand man and be important she gives I don't think we have a screenshot of this specifically but and she kind of points at everyone else when she says this as well but she basically says the concept of being of saving the world like being a hero and saving the world was so enticing that she would do anything to take part in it and that means like completely lying so that she could take on that mantle of being some kind of important hero when really she's just oh i thought nobody. she was saying that too i thought she was saying that to the group like to well i thought she was but i think she was all i felt that she was saying it about herself and also to the group as well like, oh okay because in a way that's kind of what happened to aaron too right like he was going to be he was going to kill all the titans and he was going to save everyone and get vengeance for his mother and just be you know the shonen hero who pulled it all off and now look what he's doing 
Yeah, it's, well, yeah. it's from the same warped yeah. sense of justice. But with Aaron, at least Aaron has been authentically himself and like speaking his truth in his own voice. Like it's like for I mean, not that I'm defending Aaron in any way. Aaron is whoa, not even. But yeah. like, um, I think with like Yelena, what's so sad about her story is that like she obviously hated herself so much, who she truly was, uh, like just a normal Marleyan that she went to the lengths of distorting herself and hurting all these people and, and all this stuff to just to fabricate this story. I'm just like, how disconnected from yourself like can you be? You know, like it's 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 honestly like really sad and embarrassing. You know there's been situations kind of, this reminded me a little bit of like internet drama that's appeared and I'm not gonna like name any names mostly because I can't remember. But there's been scandals yeah, too of much people of yeah there's been scandals of people who basically come forward and they create a completely false identity. And it's not like Rachel Dolezal. Kind of. Yes, that's sort of a, a similar situation. The one I'm thinking of in particular wasn't her. But it's yeah. a similar idea where it's not creating a false identity where you're this amazing person who's accomplished all these things. It's creating one that garners you pity in a way that gets you uh, sympathetic intention. Oh, like that, like, that let's the, like just the 9 be honest. Wife, the lady that lied about her husband dying in 9-11 or something. Sure. And then yeah. she <laughs> became like... Oh, or the story where the mom kept the daughter basically in this like 13 year old state, even though she was like 23 and like pretended that she was had some fatal illness or that was probably like, like, that was probably Munchausen by proxy syndrome specifically. Yeah. Yeah. But just, this is the thing. This is a complete commentary on like just how sad people are and how like completely caught up in pride and feeling good. It, it, we get caught up you know what I mean yeah. like it's just like she was had so much like bravado and like was just seemed so like pompous and so like full of herself and then to find out that she was like doing all this like I'm like oh my god you were so unbelievably sad like I'm like cringely yeah. disappointed and just like heartbroken for you like it was just like bad mm-hmm. you know and maybe she'll have like some big like savior moment, right? Like maybe she's gonna like come out and like sacrifice herself. I kind of hope she doesn't. No, I kind of no. hope she doesn't. Yeah, because be it's almost like that would be so. If, if that she did, if she was given that, like that's just not real life. Like in real life, it's like people like that like rarely suddenly have, have some epiphany. like come to Jesus. Yeah, yeah and then yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. like you know go through. Well, but, like, she doesn't I, care about anyone but herself. Like that's right. all she cares about. She has no. Yeah. Why is she there? Why is she there? Well, I guess until that specific moment where uh, Peak like revealed, they didn't know that they thought she was she was like Oyang Capone and that she was just another. Why? Volunteer. Why did they save Oyang Capone and uh, Yelena? I don't understand. Well, Oyang Capone, I mean, he went out defiant against the Jaegerists, so I think they probably yeah. saw him as like a good ally. Yeah, but the Car Titan ate eight both of them, but and they said that it was because. They were ordered to, like, that they were ordered to save Yelena and Onion Capone. It wasn't, oh. and and John. And am I right, right, wrong about that? Like, well, that it was like, Yelena was one of the conditionals for yeah, getting so help. So why from, was she conditional? Uh, why did they just let her die? I don't know. Someone, someone wanted who? Who? I'm not sure. Who had I, to be Car Titan and uh, what do you call it? The the like general or whatever. Like right, because the, they're Marleans as well. But yeah, like, I mean, why? I mean, maybe they maybe they want to like try her in their own court or something like that i don't really i don't really know i'm bringing there ain't gonna be no court there's There's... a bunch of the rumblings happening your court doesn't exist 
It's true. Oh it's my true. gosh. Anyway. Anyan um, Kampone, I can understand. Like, I thought on, he's a good human. Well, maybe they thought the same thing at Yelena, and then they found out late. I, I don't know. I don't know. I was just saying, no, 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 they don't like her. Zeke the whole time. Yeah. They've never liked her because she's always been on Zeke's side about the euthanasia thing. Yeah, you're but, right. So yeah. I don't know why she's around. They saved Yelena because the author wanted to keep a super scummy character around for finger pointing. Yeah. I assume that, like, she, I mean, <laughs> she, she was close enough to Zeke that she might have some inside information it's, on, like, how that's, this. That's, that's valid. That's a good point because yeah. we're operating under the assumption right now that Zeke is still alive because Levi Stuck wants one to of Aaron's really folds bad. somewhere. Oh God, that's so gross. The thing we saw at the end, Jackie, that you had questions about is about ports. But I got the impression this was Azuma Bito land, which is like not like it's where Mikasa's people originally come from because we saw the leader of like, under like under flock. hostage. Yeah, yeah or, flock like, had taken her hostage. And so, and it's a port. So I think they were heading that way. I don't know. There's if a ship. There's an airship they need. The, they, they mentioned that it was originally for when they were going to do like a test rumbling, like back mm -hmm. when they thought they were going to have control over it. And there were the, the air, the ship was meant for them to be able to observe the rumbling and to like, oh, you know, see, right. you know, like a, which is like funny because I'm pretty sure they did something similar with nuclear tests. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When they tested. It wasn't really. Oh, maybe it was airships, but they had like bunkers and stuff. And well, I, I just mean like a way to view it from the air, not necessarily oh, like yeah. a Zeppelin or something like that. But yeah. Cool if it was in the Zeppelin. I don't know. Maybe after Zeppelins. Hindenburg, they're like, we don't want to mix. We don't want to mix this thing with John. I'm really sad. I've never gotten to ride in a Zeppelin and I never will because of Hindenburg. So now we can't go up in the air don't full of a highly flammable like gas. Don't you, don't you ever say it like that again. <laughs> It's like into oh, oh, okay, fine. I guess I won't go up in the air. It was a different time, though. Uh, case study Vanitis, like you know, very elegant industrial revolution anime, like had some they scenes where Zeppelins. they were on, yeah, and I know. vampires. Anyway. I know the world anyway. continues to disappoint me, but yes, so they're <laughs> heading to this port where they're gonna just straight up confront the Jaegerists, I assume. I hope Flock just gets, like, thrown into the ocean from a really high distance. I hope that he falls off of a giant building into a shredder or, like, meat grinder type of it's device. Like a conveniently and placed paper shredder. So, yeah, yeah. It has to be just, like, some... Some reason has to be underneath him, and then he's just... There's just no way he ever survives. Because mm -hmm. I don't like him. No, he's he's... You know what? Person. I hate to say it. No, I can't even say that. I was going to say, if King Boss mashed him up and put him in a little ball and turned You'd him immortal and he That's... got put in a stone and he couldn't get out of her. No, I'm kidding. I would, I would actually feel bad for anyone put in that position. But Flock is just... What happened to him? Remember, he was like this scared boy remember right and then jean had to like one of them i thought it was jean but maybe one of them had to like keep on encouraging him and being like you're right. gonna be okay and like don't let the anxiety take over and then it's like what happened he just he just he just flipped he just completely he just swallowed it. he just swallowed the whole jaegerist ideology it gave him a sense of importance and some people will do anything to not feel afraid anymore unfortunately yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i think that that's about that yeah, I think that from Yelena's story, from Flock's story, from a lot of, the, like, everyone actually in this, like, anime, in a sense, they they did things out of fear. 
You know what I mean? That's or they, kinda... they did evil yeah. things out of being scared. Like the whole thing is about this group being afraid of this group because they didn't know anything about them. That's that's the thing that gets Hanji to just yell genocide is bad. Because yeah. Jean is talking about that. Like, well, okay, let's say we stop Aaron, but then everyone still hates us and they come to kill us. And she's like, shut up. It doesn't matter because he's about to kill a whole bunch of people and there's never a good reason for that. Yeah. Um, One thing I want to talk about before we wrap for the day is Mikasa, because I know we've been talking about her and trying to like kind of figure her out. Um, I am so frustrated with that girl. I don't know how everyone else feels, but like they're at this particular moment and they're talking to her about Aaron, right? And she still thinks somehow she's just going to be able to like talk him out of mass genocide. Hanji thinks this? No, but Mikasa, Mikasa does. Mikasa yeah, when Mikasa Mikasa and Armin, think Armin and... were like, yeah, yeah Armin do. too, yeah stupid stop dumb it. like you guys are dumb i hate to be the person who's like i still can't get over armin being like but aaron was just lying this whole time and he's our best friend and we need to go have his back when they were in the jail to this day i still don't i don't buy that it's just i love diplomacy it's great and people should do that instead of war all the time i'm 100 diplomacy i liked how this episode kind of represented that in a way they're all sitting in a circle kind of like round table coming from different sides of a conflict and they're talking it out and working through everything i really like that representation but aaron no that's when it's okay to like i mean to be fair annie is also annie at least says hey if we can talk him out of it great like we'll give it a shot but then if yeah. not we'll we will because annie knows <laughs> that's not gonna happen i think she's really annie's like that's yeah. great we'll try to talk to him We'll, we'll try to chat him up. But Mikasa's like, taking like, her baby steps out of codependency. She's saying, all right, I'll stand she's up She's not wearing him. the scarf, even though she yeah. has it somewhere, which I think is... I'm telling you, know, she's going to garrot him with it, Hitman style. It's going to be a whole to-do. I'm not going to yeah. lie, Mikasa's whole presence in this final season, and we touched on this last time, it's just been, like, disappointing. Like, she was one of my favorite female characters of all time. And I mean, I'm not writing her off yet because we don't know what's going to happen like at all. You know, the right. manga people do, but we don't, you know, so I don't want to write her off. But I'm just kind of like, I get it. People love people and become very loyal and faithful to them. You know, like I'm mm -hmm. not, you know, I'm not immune to that. I think a lot of people have that. But it's also like you need to have a sense of yourself and your own identity. And like with everything going on with Aaron and just the world in general at this point, it's like, okay, Mikasa, like, who are you? Where do you stand? If the whole world is ending around me, like I'm going out knowing how I feel and how I think of myself and everything around me. Like that's, that would be my perspective. Like I, if I wasn't in a full blown panic, cause we act like we would act rationally but who sure. knows right but if i yeah. wasn't in a full-blown panic like i would be like how do i feel about this what do i want am i speaking my truth how do i authentically feel about it and i just feel like she's just like in denial still yeah i, mean, I like, mean we could give her the whole look. she's under stress and lost but it's like she's been under stress and lost for a long time now like mm -hmm. it's like okay like we know Aaron is doing something really fucked up. So what is your stance on it? You know? And I guess you could say her stance is like, I'm going to talk to him, but I just like feel like that's so weak sauce. I don't know how else to say that. Like, I, it's just like weak. Like, it's like, I feel like, like if anything, like, like talk to him, he's about to join like a, yeah. a, a you know what? Like marketing scheme or something. Like he says, he's going to buy into Avon. You tell yeah. him to stop, you know, but like, if she said, if she told Annie, if she was like, Annie, I'm going to talk to him. And 
if he says no, I'm going to kill him with my own hands. If she right. said that, I, I would have been chill. I would have been chilled to my core. And I've been like, Mikasa, you're back, back, you know, yeah. because like, she's a badass, you know, like, she's like, if anyone's going to kill him, it's going to be me. If like, yeah. she said that I would have been like, Mikasa, I fucking love you. There, there's my Mikasa that I've always had. But it's like, every time we see her, she's like, yeah, like that's her face. Literally. She's yeah. like, I don't know. In in I don't know what defense. to do or say. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's frustrating. Just through my hair tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, James. What were you gonna say? Oh, in, I her just, in her defense, I think I definitely can relate to feeling like her, the way her character is being written is kind of frustrating. I think partially because of just the weird pacing of the story at this point, because we're covering a very short amount of time and like a very long span of episodes. Sure. But I, I think something that helps the Mikasa story feel less frustrating is, you know, especially when you look at it in the context of these are all soldiers, right? And so much of the story is an allegory for war and, and serving in war. And one of the difficult things I think for a lot of these characters is you're, you know, you're brought up in this environment, you're put into this environment where, you know, questioning your superiors is the last thing you do for a lot mm -hmm. of reasons, some justifiable, some not. But the culture of the, the scouts was very much like, you know, we have to follow our orders. We have to do what we're told because if, if someone doesn't, that could get everyone killed, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and Mikasa, I think to, to your point, Jackie, she's someone that's never had to reflect and she's never yeah, had to have autonomy true. in her agency because she's been in a career and she's been in a, in a life mm -hmm. where she's always had someone to tell her what the right thing to do is, to tell her why they're doing it. And not just as her character, but I'm, I'm sure that a lot of the people that, that serve in militaries all over the world, uh, maybe I, I've always imagined that one of the reasons the, the attractive aspects of that job is that you have direction. You're told what to do. You're told, you know, how to do it. You don't have to make those really hard, kind of scary self-determination choices. And I'd say for the amount of time and the amount of space she's had to deal with the whole world suddenly coming to an end, she's not doing terrible. She's at least not like, if she were still defending Aaron, like unquestioningly at this point, I would be a lot more, I think, wary of how the show is handling her. But the fact that I would say she's almost less inclined to be supportive of Aaron, or at least was than even Armin. You know, Armin was the one that was like, no, 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 I, I guarantee you, he's got like a thing. And Mikasa was the one that was like, I don't know, man, this is a little, this seems a little weird. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that you do have a point. Like, as someone who, you know, I played like Division One volleyball, and I played like really high intensity volleyball. Like, we were literally like, you have to listen to your coach or not. Like, and they, like, I was in a program where it was so intense. Like, they would literally throw volleyballs at us when we weren't doing well and like literally would pull us aside and be like, you're the reason the whole team's losing. Like, it was like nuts. Like, I don't even know if they coach kids like that anymore. Maybe they probably do, but it's like, I can't even imagine being a child in the military. Right. Yeah. So it's like, because we, I know a lot of athletes struggle with this mindset where we're just so faithful and loyal because like, that's like what we were taught to be like, like when you're being coached, you don't say no, you do whatever you want. I, I, literally played through a torn PCL for three months because my coach refused to tell me to like, go see a doctor. Like he was like, you have a bruise, you have a bruise. And I literally like get my stomach turns thinking about it. Like I was going through extremely excruciating pain, but like 
my coach refused to think I had a serious injury because they wanted me to keep playing, you know, which is like nuts to think. And I literally was just so like, I don't want to mess up the, t- I don't want to hurt the team. I don't want to make my coach mad, you know? And it's not just with sports. I think like we all have our things that we're like crazily loyal to. So it's like, yeah, like I think that you can make that excuse for Mikasa, but I just feel like it's just been going on a little too long. Like I think it's first- like a narrative or story standpoint. Yeah. It might be realistic as far as like, realism to the story but maybe from a viewer entertainment standpoint yeah it's like let's be honest yeah what mikasa first had this revelation when aaron was like you do whatever i say like you're literally wired to do whatever i say and then we saw her questioning her uh, whole identity then and that was like early in season season. four yeah like, like this was before the break early in that season you know so it's like now we have like that. If I was Mikasa and someone was like, you are undyingly faithful and loyal to me. And you're basically a slave to me because of your DNA. Like I, that would have shook me to my core for sure. But then it's like, we kind of see that she's not right. Like that, that's yeah. just kind of like a myth. So if I was in that position, I'd be like, I really want to know myself now. <laughs> like, and I really want to speak my truth on. and I really want to do what I want to do. So I think it's like, I'm not, I'm, I I understand her journey and I have like respect for everything that you're saying hundred percent, but I'm kind of just like at the point now where I'm like, okay, Mikasa, like shit or get off the pot now. Like you got to start making moves here. Like we're at the end game. Like, are you going to yeah. kill your best friend? You're basically your brother who it just literally engaged a, uh, like a giant brutal genocide. <laughs> like, it's like, these people aren't going to like be killed in their sleep. Like they're going to be brutally destroyed you know and and have to watch people like this is like this i I don't know it's just like for me if i was her like i I just don't know how we're even in a oh i don't know what i feel about aaron mindset which armin kind of pisses me off too with that whole mindset too i think the problem oh oh, i was just saying i think the problem is just that like you were saying the only way for that arc to end and like feel i think satisfying is for her to fight aaron and for since sure. that's, since that's the climax her. of the whole story, it's just, it's taking a long time to get there. And until yeah. then, she she kind of just has to stand there. And If and... she fights Aaron and then, like, just somehow, like, doesn't do it because she cares about him, it's literally going to gut me. Like, that'll be probably one of the most disturbing moments I've ever seen, like, in anime. Right next to, Gungrave spoiler here, Brandon getting killed by his best friend, maybe even lover, Harry McDowell. But it would be right next to it. It wouldn't surpass it, but it would be close. <laughs> Not related to Gungrave. Uh, people are pointing out in the comments also that, and I think this is somewhat a failure on the production side. We don't have, as viewers, a great sense of the, the time span that's been that's going true. on. Yeah. So people are saying that like the rumbling only happened like 48 hours ago. Which, I mean, Compared that's to a- when she found out that she was not his slave, essentially. It's open like a day. Part. Yeah, it's like all of this has happened in the span of like a couple of days. No, this has happened in the span of the day. But when Aaron was like, "You have to do whatever I say," your bloodline, like that was like that was a while yeah. ago. I, I think I it was the same day that. No, this, it's not I think the that, same day. There's no it's way hard it's the same day. No, and I think that's yeah. why. Well, maybe, maybe yeah. like, like hypothetically, anime- maybe we can say it's like a week, but it's like a girl. Figure it out. Like, okay, I don't so, know. Whoops. Teo is saying, or Theo is saying that ah, it's been 2.5 days since Falco dinner and Aaron trash talk. 
I'm not Falco sure. Falco dinner. When you say Falco dinner, are you talking about like when he drank the wine? When he got the wine? When when he got the wine? It's only been two and a half days since Falco drank There's the wine. There's no way. Yeah, because they got arre- they got arrested at the restaurant. That's when all of the that's when hunt that's when they all got. So taken you can okay. So like in world reactions make sense, but viewer out world. It does not like. It's been like a. So been saying this entire half of the season has been two and a half days, which is so like. That's mind-boggling to me. Like it seems like it's been a few weeks. So to that's me. so that's the yeah. context that like we need but to have looking the case, at the story. The but at, on the other hand, I feel like the passage of time has has not been shown. Yeah, very Lost well. Thief said the same thing. So I guess yeah. it's only been two and a half days. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm a heartless bitch. I still think Mikasa's got to start making moves. I'm I'm just like, I, I really wanted her to tell Annie, like, listen, like, don't tell me what to fucking do, bitch. You've been in a freaking crystal crying by yourself while we're all going through hell. And I'm going to talk to him and I'm going to convince him. And if I cannot, I'm going to kill him. That's what I wanted her to say. And that's I did fair. want her to say Annie, all of that. Annie has been in a crystal for four years. Like, that's yeah, a Annie great now. calm down. I love Annie because she's the female Titan and she's amazing, but she's like kind of just coming in here and like pointing fingers. And it's like, where have you been? Yeah. Where, what have you been doing? It was great at the end though. When, when, when John's like, I'm not going to apologize to you, Reiner. And Annie's like, what about me? <laughs> that, was, that was really funny. And then it just like ended. I was like, Oh God. That nap made Annie really funny. She just doesn't give a, she does not give a crap anymore. No, she's she like, I'm going to eat pie and I'm going to, yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> oh my God. End on that, please. Yeah. All right. End on that. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode of the After Show. Uh, we are here at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Ran a little over, so you got some extra extra bonus talk this week. So yes, make sure to come in. Uh, be here next week. We'll be talking about the next episode. Actually, next episode will be on the 14th, and we're going to be talking about the Juju Kaisen Zero film we've all gotten a chance to watch it i believe tickets are on sale for that now so if you want to go see it it's playing in theaters it's even playing near me um but we'll give you the lowdown on that movie next week as well as you know some attack on titan stuff too so it's going to be a lot of fun remember to subscribe and follow us on youtube and twitter and facebook and instagram we're on all those places and i want to thank jackie and james again for uh, being here with me to hash the stuff out um also jim carrey was a great riddler okay that's all i have to say and bye